You can see my award-winning climate comedy show spoilers at a festival near you, provided you live near or are going to McHuncliffe or Wells Comedy Festivals. More dates added soon near you, conceivably, who knows what might happen. And if you are at Mac, come and see ComCom Redacted live at 4pm on the Saturday. Go to stuartgoldsmith.com and click the very attractive banner image to find out more. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Hello, this is Stu. Before we get stuck into today's episode, just a reminder that my tour starts in the next few days uh, with shows in Leicester, Maidenhead, Crawley, Hull, Liverpool, Manchester and Oxford. And that's just in February alone. So go to comedianscomedian.com forward slash tour for all of your tickets if you live in any of those places. I would say particularly Hull, Liverpool and Manchester. Uh, I've got a lot more of a following in the south of the country than I do in the north. Uh, and uh, they're, although they're selling nicely, they're not really the kind of belly-busting ones uh, that, they, that other shows have been. So if you live in Hull, Liverpool or Manchester, now is the time to get ten friends together, drag them kicking and screaming to the show, and then sit there very smug afterwards as they tell you how much they loved it. So on with the show now. This is a podcast from ComediansComedian.com. This is the Comedian's Comedian Podcast. Hello and welcome to the show. This is Stuart Goldsmith and today I'm talking to Tom Walker and Andrew Doyle. Tom is the creator of the ranting reporter caught on camera, Jonathan Pye. And Andrew Doyle, as you will hear, is, uh, although not the creator of the character, is a co-writer for that character now that they have moved into performing live. Uh, So this is Tom and Andrew. So this is a completely unusual situation for me in that I rarely interview more than one person at once. And when I do, those people are invariably sketch groups or double acts. Mm -hmm. So talk to me about your relationship. Whilst introducing yourself to the listener, tell us what your roles are. I'm uh, Tom Walker, and I play and created and write for and sort of run the company that is uh, Jonathan Pye. And I am Andrew Doyle, and I am a stand-up comic, and I write with Tom. And how long, given that you created Pye, Mm -hmm. how long into the process did you start working with Andrew? Well, Andrew really came on board when I was uh, asked if I'd like to do a live show version of Jonathan Pye, to which my initial reaction was like, I don't know for a clue how that was going to work. Now, before that, um, you know, Andrew had seen some of the work and been relatively complimentary about some of it. <laughs> um, <laughs> Not entirely. Um, so you, did you know each other? Did you have we, uh, so yeah, yeah, yeah. Andrew, Andrew and I had... Uh, Andrew had written a play some years ago um, when I was a struggling actor... 
Um, I was cast in it. The lead, the lead part, actually. It was the lead. Yeah. Um, £100 a week or something. Um, was and, it? Uh, yeah, it was awful. Um, and so we, st- we remained friends. Um, and then when I was asked if I wanted to do a live show, I, I, I started chatting to Andrew about that. Andrew had written a few little bits for the show. I remember that, uh, for, the, for the weekly thing that I do, I remember I was coming up to the new year and I wanted to do film three in a day and I wanted to do a new year review and I rang Andrew up and I went, Andrew, can you just do like a review of the year in sort of Jonathan Pye-esque language? And it came back and it was, it was pretty decent. It was like, oh, I think you can probably write for this guy. And, th- and then when we, st- we started writing the show together. Yeah, so that was, so that, when I first wrote for Tom, that was December 2015. So that would be... Two, three months into, into it, you know. And then the life, it was actually quite fortuitous because what happened was we were both in Australia at the same time in January of 2016 and Tom had been asked to do this live show. Um, and I was in the back of nowhere. I was in, um, it's where they filmed Wolf Creek. So I was really in the, in the, in the outback, you know. And uh, Tom's had come and visit me in Sydney where he was staying. So we went over there and that's when we started talking about yeah, we, we, we'd, 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 we'd chatted about it the night before and, and Andrew was like, well, how are you going to approach it? And I went, I just, I've got no idea. I, I guess I'm going to stand in front of a telly for an hour and point at David Cameron and go, he's a dick, isn't he? You know, I, I didn't really know what to do. And Andrew started talking about, well, you need, before you write a joke, you need to get the structure right. There needs to be a beginning, middle and end. You need to think about this, this, this and this. And it was like, oh, oh God. And then a few days, and then we were sat one day in, in, in a bar in Sydney and it pissed down, it pissed down for hours and hours and hours and we were really hung over and Angie was just like, let's get this, let's get, shouldn't do that with the mics on, um, let's get, um, let's get this structure sorted. So we started talking about why would Pi, so we started talking about, because I was worried about, I don't want to walk on stage and for Pi to suddenly become a self-aware satirist or a self-aware comedian. Yes. He doesn't know he's funny. I, th- I think we should just briefly interrupt and explain who Pi is for people listening oh, yes. uh, who don't have the internet. Yeah, so, so Jonathan, <laughs> Jonathan Pye is um, a, a frustrated news reporter, really. That's, that's sort of the, 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 the subtitle. But it, it's, um, it was originally about the idea. Uh, there's an, there's a, a YouTube clip of Peter Sissons watching The Week- Weakest Link slumped over the news desk because they've clearly gone to the weather. And he just looks at Anne Robinson and goes, Jesus Christ, he's even got new tits. Cut. And it's just this slice, this moment in time in the BBC studio. You can still watch it on YouTube. And I've watched that YouTube clip more than any other <laughs> dogs dancing or whatever, you know. It's always stayed with me, that. Um, so it was about uh, that persona. It's that, that persona. moment when the camera is left on, either stopped. before or yeah. after the recording. Yeah. Yeah. So for people who are struggling to place, for example, your voice... You will know Jonathan by he's that guy who the stands outside reporter. the Houses of Parliament tearing the, the, the yeah. earpiece out of his ear and going, oh, for Christ's sake, Tim, and, why can't we tell and, it like and it Originally, what it was about was, was this idea that we all have public, private, pub persona, work persona, that persona, blah, 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 and, the, and, the news, uh, and a news reporter uh, can, can extenu- extenuate that. He can exaggerate it because a news reporter's uh, rhythm... Uh, the way he speaks is is very specific. It's very prescribed. So then, when the news reporter then goes to the weather, and then goes, "Oh fuck me! Oh Jesus! Oh, better out than in." It, that that flip is so much more extreme. So that's why I hope people can relate to Jonathan Pye. The politics of it it's it's political satire. It's taken me a long time to get round to the idea that I'm a political satirist rather than an actor or whatever. Um, the politics was secondary, really. But I very quickly realised that, that 
a couple of videos I did went viral. I realised immediately, because I've been out of work for so long, that this was an opportunity and an opportunity that I had to grab with both hands because they don't come around very often. And I realised that the politics was what people were tuning in for, not necessarily the comedy. So it's, it's been an odd balance to sort of try and get yeah, that Yeah, right. because it, it, I think with a lot of things that go viral there often there is an accidental quality mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and something we don't quite know why it is that this mm-hmm. you know cat jumping into a box is more successful than that cat jumping yeah, into yeah, a yeah, box yeah. you know and and i suppose the challenge now i've seen the live show i saw the, the recording oh, right, yes. the, oh, the right. live show which i thought was excellent and oh, i thought you. I, you really have captured the way that you've you've really captured the spirit and the anger and the energy of the character in a way that clearly isn't just, you know, pointing at a screen well, yes. and going, also, look at this dick. I mean, also the problem with, with, with that was, you know, how do you translate that conceit, what Tom was describing, the off-camera moments to an hour-long show? Yeah, so we how had, do you so, do something so we had like to come it's up, a three-minute form? So we did yeah. this concept where he's host. I can say now, because yeah, he's, yeah, yeah. he's hosting Children in Need Night, and he's got he's there, he's in one of those you know when you cut away to someone who's in a provincial area, you know, and, yeah. and, and they're obviously there all night, with the crowd, and they only get the occasional minutes airtime. So that that means we have him cutting away every now and then to the to the main studio, but for the rest of the time he just has to. And it's almost kill time. it's almost like you're a TV warm up. Yeah, going, and, 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 the, and the, right, well, we might we're all here. I might as well yeah. say something. Yeah, and, and the problem with that for for Pi was also he was doing he he thought doing Children in Need would be a big step for him. So it's a big night for him, but also it's light entertainment. So he's totally out of his depth. He's, he's replaced John Barrowman because John Barrowman's gone off sick. Um, and, and it's that it was about that, right? What do these people do for that for that thirty minutes between? And 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 to explain again that the character of um, to people that don't know him. I think every comedy character has a has a flaw, essentially. You know, often it's snobbery, or often it's um, you, you know. Uh, David Brent thinks he wants to thinks being funny is more important, being popular is more important than being you know. Um, and with Pi, it's he's one of those people that can't not talk about politics. He can't not talk about it. But two, he can't not talk about it and get angry. And we all know those people in the pub that just that's what they want yeah. to talk about so that's his sort of flaw so the problem is he's presenting children in need and all he really wants to do is have a go at the Tories and, and do you know what I mean so, so um, yeah I think we really nailed it with that sort of conceit for the first live show yeah and that all came from that in fact we, that all came from Australia when we were in that just that, it that day we suddenly came up with yeah he's presenting Red Nose Day I think it might have been at the start and 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 then I rang Andrew a week or so later. I said, let's, let's do this together. And, and then but by virtue of us doing it together, I mean, it was the most stressful 12 months of my life. I mean, without a shadow of a doubt. I've never wanted to be a stand-up comedian. That was never an ambition. And I suddenly found myself in Edinburgh at the Pleasance doing a, an hour-long stand-up show. Um, I'm used as an actor. I'm used to rehearsal process and sitting down with people. It was very lonely. Obviously, I had Andrew, but it was it was a lonely thing to learn and get right. And I learned and got it right uh, during a month, whereby the press are allowed in. You're, do, do you know what I mean? I, I found Edinburgh an absolute abomination. I hated every fucking <laughs> I know second what you of mean. it. And I will never. I will. I'll never go back. I'll never go back to, the, to to that festival. I'll go back and watch it. I would never perform in it again. I, it made me ill. Um, and and what, sorry, it made you ill because of the pressure, the stress of it. The and, stress but you were doing it. it. You weren't doing it in a way like the way most people do it. You were doing it 
in a sense that you have a huge online audience. Yeah. Presumably, you put it on sale and it goes. There was no flyering, was there? I mean, this was that, the awful that, thing. That, that, I, mean, I didn't know you were there because yeah. I didn't see a flyer. No, 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 I, think, I think I gave out one flyer for all of Edinburgh. And there's going to be a lot of comedians listening to this guy. He's moaning about Edinburgh. I mean, I cannot imagine what my Edinburgh would have been like had I had to go out and sell my own show. I would have killed myself. I, I, I mean, I found it, I found it an oppressive... Um, Totally unartistic atmosphere. Totally, uh, uh, um, not freeing. And it was t- it was tough, wasn't it? I mean, uh, and uh, and this awful thing of, of and and it was a palpable sense. I'm sure some of it is is um, uh, me me being maybe over the top, but there was a sense that you'd walk into whatever bar it is, full of comedians, and there was this look of this this chancer, this this wide boy coming in here selling out the pleasants, um, talking about. Talking about you know, uh, and and then ever since then actually we did it was post Edinburgh that we did this Trump video that went massively viral. That's on like three and a half million. Um, and it? the amount of comedians, nice. I mean, the How one many is it? One hundred and fifty million. Oh, then I've seen a report. Yeah, like, yes, and yeah, yeah, someone's yeah, copied yeah, it, yeah, and that's yeah. got. No, the, 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 yes, huge, yeah, yeah. the YouTube will be three and a half. It's Facebook that it got Facebook. We, I've got fifty million on my platform. Viral thread took it, and they got one hundred and twenty million with it. Also. I mean, it's crazy, but it was a contentious piece. It was a contentious piece, and it was saying things like you bloody liberals you need to, you need to stop calling people racist because if you do that if you don't engage with them you get brexit and trump and it pissed a lot of people off but it pissed a lot of the comedy world up because it wasn't the, the prescribed view from the comedy world and, and that the, was the viciousness from these comedians that was really interesting because um, um maybe i should explain how that came about actually because yeah. it's quite we, we we it was while we were on tour wasn't it um with trump i think because yeah. we, yes we were staying in bromsgrove in the travel lodge and we we decided to stay up and watch the election results and drink whiskey. And that's yeah. what we did. And we sort of wrote it during the night as the results were coming in. And I mean, the, the, the thing was that night, I'm a geek for numbers. That's the only thing that I've been really politically engaged in all my life is the American election. I get, I'm, I'm looking at the numbers. And it's the same with the, the British elections now as they're coming in. I love all that. So I, I, I had some website up that could tell all the districts of everywhere and the blah, blah, blah. And yeah, I was, you were really nerdy I, and I, about it. And I was really nerdy about blah, blah, blah. And I, I was looking at Florida that night. And really early in the evening, I went, I think he's going to take Florida, um, Andrew. And I was like, yeah, whatever. Blah, blah, blah. And I went, no, no, no. If he takes Florida, <laughs> he wins the election. I can't see a way through if he takes Florida. And then the TVs, the rhetoric started to change as the hours went on from, what do you think a Clinton administration would look like? Mm-hmm. Blah, blah, blah. And suddenly it started going, so if Trump were to win, for the first time ever, and we went, he's going to do it. So we went, write it now. Yeah. And then yeah. Ann Coulter was on TV gloating, and by yeah. that point, the party's over, right? Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. But yeah, we just wrote it there. But we wrote, what do we want to say? And actually, what we were both felt that night is how fucking awful did Hillary have to be to lose to this guy who's admitted to sexual assault? His rhetoric is... I mean, it's it's borderline racist. Yeah. I mean, uh, it's I racist. It's racist, racist yeah. a lot of it. It's been, it, is, it is now. I mean, um, it is now. But he already said it? the thing about Mexicans being rapists. And that yeah, no, no, all right, yeah, I'll give, I'll give that. But, but it's definitely racist. But, yeah. but interesting, in terms of what you were saying about how you can't really anticipate the viral, how something goes viral, in the morning, I promise you, that morning, uh, we were both hanging and we were talking about it and we both agreed, once this was posted, this this of all the ones, this one wasn't going to go anywhere because we were convinced that the... Because because the audience had left, left-leaning, and this is so anti-left, in, the, in, in, in as far as it's blaming the left 
for Trump's rise. We, we both agreed, yeah, this is going to do no business. It's going to go nowhere. Mm. So you can't anticipate it. It, it was a complete... So but I, I, if, sorry, yeah. sorry, sorry. Hang sorry. on, hang on. Because I'm, I'm, I'm aware that because we just before we started, we went, right, we've only got an hour. Yeah, now, yeah. I think uh, I tend to talk quite quickly. I don't need to ask you, Tom, any questions about where the energy of pie comes from. Right, because okay. you're doing, And I think actually it's kind of, you've sped up how you talk in order to... Uh, you know, we, we, yeah. that, that's some of the fastest recording I've got on okay. record. Right. Okay, okay. okay. Shaking. So, okay, let's just slow to, down. There, there's so much to talk yeah. about here. Yeah. Okay, I, okay. I actually want to make sure that in at least one or two of these things, we get right to the to the gritty stuff. Okay, okay. you're good. You're some like Parkinson. Yeah, 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 yeah. Some of the things I want to talk about are the reactions of other comics. We mm-hmm. can come on to that. Yeah. I want to talk about the the way in which you seem to have stumbled, you you as the creator of yeah. Pi, seem to have stumbled upon a thing without necessarily being that political a person. Mm-hmm. And like you say, I mean, in comedy we know, and I'm sure it's the same in acting, when your chance comes round, you've got to grab it with both hands, mm-hmm. like you said. So with, a, with keeping that in mind, and I do want to talk as well about the writing relationship, how you affect each other mm-hmm. and how how much is written and then how much is improvised around what is written. There's loads. We could, we could do the whole hour yeah. on just what we said so far. Yeah. So let's just start with the moment when you, let's start with the very first video that you did. Yeah. And the, the success of that mm-hmm. and what you felt as an actor, like were you chucking out lots of different types of character? Did this idea fall fully formed into your head on day one? Were you trying to make a thing go viral as an acting showreel? Who were you yeah. when you first created uh, the, the, the idea of Pi was, had been in my head for a few years, and actually two or three years before it all started, I'd gone out one Sunday with a few mates and filmed a few little things. What's really interesting, it is on YouTube to watch, it is officially the first video. What's interesting about that, there is no politics in it at all. There's not even a mention of politics. It's about the royal family. It's about he shits himself next to the cenotaph and it's a really horrible moment for him because it's like, I think he said, you know, it's so disrespectful to the war dead because he literally just shat himself live on air. It was that sort of broad humour. the intention there was simply to do a funny Because it was funny. I I just thought it was funny. Um, Never thought of myself as a character... Um, as as a character comedian, a character actor maybe, but this was a character I had... Then, and, and when you say this is a character that you had, have you just done in my off head. camera before? Or just, just no, no, no. It was just this idea of I reckon I can easily write some sketches if I can get a camera and editor and blah blah blah. And also, it was to do with desperation. You go if I if I um, stick a camera pointing at Big Ben and stand in front of it with a microphone wearing a suit, I don't have to tell much of the story. It's, it's so blatantly and you obvious. Don't have to what spend that much money is. on props. Yeah. All what was the, you said there was a character you had done on that barge, which was I, I, I had to... once attempted stand-up, and I'd done it as a character comedy, and I'd thought of this name, Jonathan Pye. Um, this was years ago. The and, and The Battersea Bar. The Battersea Bar. So that, that, that name had stuck. Um, but then I'd been an unemployed actor for basically 15 years, and during your 20s, I think you can, that's what they're there for, to fail, to succeed, and then fail, and to be poor, and have to scramble around for cash. And, and I was, you know... And then in your 30s, it gets harder, and, and it got to a point about two and a half years ago where I didn't have any money. I didn't have any fucking money. I had no, no direction. Uh, I was depressed, and I realised that I 
with 40 coming over the hill, it's like this, I'm going to kill myself doing this, this acting thing. It's not worth it anymore. I've, I've, seen I've that sacrificed too much. a lot much. of friends. I, I did a year at drama school mm. having done some various other things. And so I'm kind of connected to a group of people who mm. you see people peel away. Yeah. People go, this is all well and good. Yeah. How much do you want it? And of course at drama yeah. school, you want it like yeah, yeah, you yeah. burn like the sun. Yeah. And then eventually you go, if it's just going to be call centers to make ends meet, yeah. At what point do I still want it? Yeah. And at what point do I still want yeah. it? And I, I thought, I still wanted it, but I just thought, I, I just can see that I'm in trouble here, really. So I did make a decision. I thought, I'll give it to the end of Christmas. And it was sort of that belligerent, I'll show you, I've failed. There was an element of that to it. Um, but I thought, I'll give it till Christmas and I will uh, call my agent New Year's Day and go, that's, that's it. And then I'll do a teaching degree and then I'll kill myself. Brilliant. Um, <laughs> not necessarily in that order. You've really got to yeah, spend yeah, yeah. the whole year of the teaching degree working yeah. out whether or not you really want to end yeah, up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that, that two years. Um, but I thought, the, the, what was interesting is this, this, this is the point you were talking about, this sounds like the most pretentious thing I'll ever say. Straight God. the cheesiest thing. But um, it's an Alanis Morissette lyric. Oh, but it, every time I listen to this song, that lyric just goes dunk. And it's this really simple lyric. And she goes, the, me- the moment I let go of it is the moment I got more than I could handle. And, and, and psychologically, the minute I'd actually gone, I don't fucking care anymore. I'm done. And it wasn't angrily. It was just, uh, but there, this weight sort of lifted. And then around this time, coincidentally, Jeremy Corbyn was running for, for Labour leader and I was following him. I wasn't that engaged in politics, but I was following him again. He's interesting. He's, he's interesting. He, he's, he's populist in a popular uh, lefty way. Um, and he's a left winger. Um, I, I like him. And one day I was uh, watching him and he won the Labour leadership. And I just so happened to watch it on the TV. I was like, oh, fucking good for him. That's, that's going to be interesting. And then they cut to outside, and, and it was a reporter there. And the first thing she said to this other guy there, she said, how long do you think he's got? And I just looked at the telly and went, that's unbelievable. You have signed and sealed and delivered his execution 30 seconds. As, as a media, you've, you've delivered his execution 30 seconds after he won the le- le- leadership. The BBC has decided that Jeremy Corbyn shouldn't be there. And my blood boiled. And I'm not a sort of person that really watches the telly and throws, throws packets of crisps at question time. Does your, um, are you an angry person? Does your blood boil at other stuff, if oh, not yeah. politics? Yeah, 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 yeah. Like, like someone getting in my way. Like today. Yeah, like on the today. way here, on the way here, I couldn't find Andrew, and because London Bridge Station is in the middle of getting fucked up, um, and, and all these people saying, all these, all these people, we're here to help. And I was going, look, and no one helped. And by the time Andrew, Andrew called, I just, for fuck's sake, Andrew, I don't know if there's a fucking shit all in it. So that there are comparable moments. Um, but uh, this was playing on my mind for days and days and days. I went round to someone's for dinner and um, I was discussing about it. And I said, I'd love to write something about it. The other thing is I don't like to type too much on Facebook about I, I vote Labour. I find it a bit vulgar, you know, wearing your politics on your sleeve via Facebook. But I thought this guy can do it for me. So, yeah, recorded this thing. It did got a thousand views. And I thought that's amazing because that means people who I don't know have watched it. So I'll, I'll do one a week. Then the next week, about three days after that, the pig gate broke. Uh, David Cameron fucking a pig so it's like well I'll do politics this week that one did better and then the week after that I thought well this politics thing is interesting and I did one where I was on College Green and I had a go at fucking everyone 
And then about two weeks after that, or it had been out a good week or so, suddenly I got a phone call saying, your, your video's been viewed a million times. And then by the end of that weekend, it had been viewed three million times. And my life changed pretty much within 24 hours. I knew. Had I knew already, this was it. Had you already set up advertising income on that video? In the, in the back oh, no, no. YouTube. And also it got stolen. So, so, and at the time, so I think on my Facebook feed, it's been viewed a hundred thousand times. Someone nicked it, stuck it on their thing and three million times, which at the time uh, I hated it. I, I'd kill for someone to do it again, because as long as it goes viral, you, I've never met anyone that's made any money from YouTube and I'm certainly not one of them. I mean, every now and then I get a, a check for 200 quid for three months of adverts. It's not, it's not a lucrative... Um, so when you yeah. say that your life changed, your life changed in the sense you're not suddenly a YouTube millionaire overnight. What you are is someone who has a thing in which I had... Uh, that, that Monday, I did an interview with the Daily Mirror, and then I was asked uh, to go on television and talk about satire, talking about my work. Someone asked me to go on television <laughs> and talk about my work, and I was just like, this is incredible. So it was like, how do we... Keep this going. Um, how, how did the, can I ask how that felt to be asked to talk about your work? Were you nervous? Did you feel you make an arsehole of yourself? Or did you feel uh, no, I was really, no, no, no. I was really nervous. But but you just go. Uh, this is, uh, and also my, my over my overarching view at the end of that weekend was I think I've got a fortnight. I think I've got about a fortnight here to to and then it will just die down. So let's see if I can in my acting career if I could just take a little step up. You go maybe this might reinvigorate and at, something. And at the time you're thinking actually what this is it's an acting call. It's an acting that, job. That's the, yeah, it's, it's an all acting it was. job because... it was an acting job that I had to write each week. So these are the people behind Jonathan Pye, Tom Walker and Andrew Doyle uh, and I think this makes for a really interesting conversation. Before we get back to it couple of things. Uh, I am on tour, as you know, as I said at the beginning of this episode, you can go to comedianscomedian.com forward slash tour for all your information on the forthcoming shows. I suppose uh, I'll tell you briefly which some of them are. Uh, by the time you hear this, maybe I will already have been to Leicester. When Maidenhead is not far behind, then I'm in Crawley, Hull, Liverpool, Manchester, Oxford, Dublin, Nottingham, Reading, Corsham, Bristol, Bath, Norwich, Northampton, Warwick Arts Centre, Shrewsbury, Swindon, Farnham, Aldershot, Sheffield, York, Newcastle, Leeds, Southampton, Cambridge, Edinburgh, Glasgow, Birmingham, Brighton, London, Tring and Cardiff. I'm also at the Secret Mystery Festival in Wales, which many of you know about now and is not all that secret anymore. Um, so if you'd like to go to comedianscomedian.com forward slash tour, then you can come and see me live and, and bring several friends, particularly if you live in the Liverpool or Manchester areas, or indeed Hull, where, uh, let's politely say, I'm still cultivating a live fan base. But uh, I've had some lovely shows there before, so I hope you will come along. You can support this show as ever at forward slash donate, comedianscomedian.com slash donate. You are signing up in your dribs for uh, donations, either one-off or subscription-based and actually, I'm just very quickly going to tell you the names of some lovely people who have been donating recently. Uh, Sarah, thank you, Sarah. Thank you, Emma. Uh, thank you, James. Thank you, Mark. Uh, thank you, who's that? That's Christopher. And thank you, who's the other one who I haven't replied to yet? Dave. Thanks, all of you, for your uh, donations in the various forms in which they came. 
So, two emails, and then we'll get back to Mr. Messrs. Walker and Doyle and Pie. Mark says, hey, Stuart, I live in Boise, Idaho. God, love that. Um, but I'm originally from Hull. That's Kingston-upon, by the way. Yes, yes, I know. I'm terribly sorry to have forgotten the phrase, the, the name, Kingston-upon Hull. Maybe that's why the ticket sales for Hull are so... Uh, what, what's, what's a polite way of saying I haven't sold much in Hull? <laughs> um, Nonetheless, I have accidentally slammed the town of Kingston upon Hull, and I did not mean to. So I hope uh, I hope they can forgive me. Uh, looking very much forward to playing the venue Fruit there. Had a lovely show there last year. Now I'm originally from Hull, uh, Kingston upon. I was one of the lucky ones to get your compared to what album? I loved it. He says I played it on a nine-hour road trip to Vegas, and all the Yanks love it. Even the trumpeteers. I believe I may have inadvertently become your US ambassador. Thanks so much. I hope it wasn't back to back nine times on a nine-hour road trip to Vegas. Uh, although I'm sure at least one of you has done that. I have been listening to the podcast religiously, he goes on, but had never ventured further than my podcast app other than to sign up to the newsletter. So when I heard your work, I was shocked at how amazing you are. Loved it. Mark, thank you so much. Um, I will forgive you the slight sting that comes with you being shocked. But uh, thanks. Thanks so much. Um, listen, everybody... Every all of you, hi. Get in touch on the the Facebook group. You can join the the Facebook podcast uh, community, uh, the comedians comedian Facebook group. You can search for that and join. It's nearly six thousand people in there, and it's a very fun and engaging place to go with lots of people giving opinions and suggestions and offering you know, spare tickets for comedy gigs and stuff like that. Um, get in touch with me on there or on Twitter at comcompod or info at comedianscomedian.com. And just let me know if you're so inclined. If you're someone who paid for the album compared to what? You remember I gave away a thousand of them and then I set the rest of it. I whipped them off the, the feed and then set it to sell. It's so nice to give it away and you get responses like Mark. And that's an important aspect of because I'm, you know, this show isn't this podcast isn't me doing stand up. And ultimately, part of my job is to make you, the listener, know that I'm actually fucking good at comedy and and to make you, to invite you warmly and inspire you to come and see me live. I don't, you know, a lot of comedy podcasts, the person is being funny the whole time. So you go, ah, oh, he's a funny guy, I'll go and see him. This is obviously a slightly different fit to that. It would sort of make sense for me to just give away my albums every year, wouldn't it? Or if not every year, at least this one. It's so nice when people get in touch and say, oh, I love the podcast, but then I heard your album and it's converted me and I'm now a fan of your comedy. My question is this. Would you, the listener who paid for the album, be really angry if, having paid for it, I then gave it away to people? I'm sure you wouldn't. You're lovely. Mm, let's find out. Uh, I, I will ask in the podcast group. Um, Thank you, Mark. Thanks for the email. Really appreciate it. And one last email from Emma, just a quickie. Emma says, Stuart, I wanted to say a massive thank you. I was too nervous to say too much when you performed at Northampton, but you saved me whilst I was at university. Thanks again, Emma. Emma, the podcast didn't save you. You saved yourself. You just happened to be listening to the podcast whilst you were doing it. And I wish that was an original thought, but I've stolen it from John Darnell of the Mountain Goats, who replied like that when I saw them at a gig and someone shouted, you saved my life. So I've stolen that sentiment, but I absolutely mean it. And thank you, Emma, for giving me the opportunity to say that. You saved yourself and congratulations for saving yourself. Please come and say hello next time. That'll do. Um, got a, some belters in the can coming up soon, but I'll tell you a bit more about them at the end. Get on those tour tickets uh, coming up over the next month or two. Remember, it's Leicester, Maidenhead, Crawley, Hull, Liverpool, Manchester, and then Oxford, Dublin, Nottingham, Reading, Corsham, Mac, 
Bristol, Bath, Norwich, Northampton, and so on and so on and so on. 40 dates. I'll be badgering you as we go, but uh, I do hope you'll come along to one of them. Comedianscomedian.com forward slash tour, and you can join the people of Boise, Idaho, in discovering how, quote, amazing I am, uh, and being, quote, shocked at that discovery. So that's all of that. I'm going to talk to you a little bit more at the end of this episode about why this is a slightly different form to the initial edition of this episode, uh, in case that's confusing you. But if that sentence itself confuses you, I shouldn't worry about it. I'll chat to you uh, after we return to Tom Walker and Andrew Doyle. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. At what point did you, Andrew, become aware of Jonathan Pye's success? Did you were you talking about uh, it before we, it kind of exploded? Uh, we spoke after we spoke on the phone. We, uh, we uh, spoke uh, a couple of weeks after actually because we, we weren't that in contact. And it was it was I remember I'm you. Gonna, I'm going to so sorry so sorry so sorry. Question of Andrew. Um, well, no, because we okay. So uh, we'd met what twelve thirteen years ago. Mm-hmm. Stayed in contact that year. We had. We'd gone out a couple of times, yeah. so we were sort of sporadically in contact. At the time that that video happened, uh, we hadn't spoken for a couple of months, I don't think. We no. did speak after the that one went viral, though. I remember yeah. it was like the day or two after. Um, and I was, you know, and you were telling me about it. Um, and that's when I was aware of it. But I wasn't aware of it really before because we hadn't spoken. So we, like, Tom hadn't told me he and, was doing this. And when your mate told you that his video had gone massively viral, you a circuit comedian in the UK co- teacher of comedy I don't know about your other kind of your you a comedy writer in your own I write plays and musicals uh, okay gotcha I had you yeah. pegged as kind of a writer but I didn't know if you were like a writer for Mock the Week writer no no or, no uh, okay so uh, yeah I know you as a very strong stand-up with a really sort of acidic voice yeah so I balance the stand-up with the with the writing gotcha. actually yeah yeah that's what okay. I do so did part of you go were you jealous that some that your friend? I'm just trying to put myself in the shoes of someone going, "Hey, mate, I'm massively viral in a, an industry I don't care about." Uh, no, because at that, uh, could I just inter- interrupt you there? I didn't for many, many months consider that that what had happened made me part of the comedy industry. Uh, so, so I, I, I didn't consider it. A, I didn't. I'm, I'm I wasn't a comedian. To that, but I'd like, um, but Andrew is a comedian. But it, but it didn't seem like comedy in, until I'm so sorry to interrupt. But, 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 <laughs> I, I, but stop I interrupting. No, no, it's fine. <laughs> but but I, I don't think it it became a comparable success to what you might have uh, had ambitions towards until the live show was mooted. I don't think you'd have seen. I didn't uh, see it. I didn't see it as comparable. I really didn't. And but not only that, had it been comparable, 
I think it's fair to say, you know, we've we've been very close for a long time, and I do consider myself on the same side of the seesaw as you. You know, if something good happens to Tom, I feel good as well. If something bad happens to Tom, I I feel good. Whereas I will admit that with some friends, it's yeah, I'm on the other side of the seesaw. So when they feel something bad happens to them, I get a bit of Schadenfreude, and I go up, and and vice versa. So I would, but with Tom, because we've been so close, I, I genuinely didn't feel. Uh, jealousy but I think um maybe that's partly because of what Tom says because it wasn't the same as what I was doing um so I do we... remember when I said um oh well because also it's like Phil McIntyre's asked me if I'd like to do a live show you know and and Andrew's been plugging away for 10-15 years at stand-up I do wonder if at that point it's like but because that's the feeling I get generally is like I haven't earned my stripes. Is that that's the sense I get from comedians? Yeah, I don't but, know but, whether you whether you thought. Yes, but that bear in mind that I I've, I've known you for a long time, so I've known how much of a slog it's been for you yeah. in, in terms of your your career. So, so I don't think I felt that. Um, but we talked about the video, and I think we talked about, uh, and then we spoke a few weeks after that when you've done a few more. I think. Yeah. And we talked about. Um, I think I well you've mentioned this before, so I, I think I'm okay to mention this. Yeah. yeah. I did say. I felt it was a bit too following the Guardian line and, and sort of a, a, a politically a bit predictable in that sense. I think. Yeah, I mean, Andrew's sure. much more of a political animal than me. Okay. And, and, and Andrew, when he said, well, it's very much the Guardian view, it was sort of like, well, what's wrong with that? Oh, obviously, what, that's, what, that's the right view, right? I mean, what Andrew has really brought to the table is, especially during Brexit, um, is, is a different point of view. That, that, and, 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 and Jonathan Pye is so much more richer now that he isn't just an anti-Tory mouthpiece. Many of my fans would disagree because most most uh, liberal lefties hate being disagreed with. But the fact that Pi is balanced about Brexit, he genuinely is. He genuinely understands why both people voted voted the way they did. That that's Andrew's influence. Otherwise, he'd have been a, he'd have been a Remainer through and through. It's much more interesting that he's a reluctant Remainer and that hates Remainers that assume everyone that voted Leave is a bigot. That that's his uh, Brexit outlook. So, know. given that, what what I'm what I'm really fascinated by is <coughs> that you are like you know you're. We can now talk about your work, you, um, you plural, your work as satirists, because mm-hmm. now there is a huge body of work. There's two and a half years worth of weekly videos out there, some of them enormously viral. Mm-hmm. Even the, your smallest one, I'm sure, is about 50,000 hits or something like that. Yeah, well. yeah, yeah, yeah. But in terms of your work as satirists, it seems to me to be very unusual to have such kind of unfettered access, such kind of shareability with the man in the street, the person in the mm-hmm. street. Um, and for that not to be linked to the performer, you, Tom, to, for that not to be linked to your burning political beliefs. And I'm interested... In, I mean, it is, it is linked to your beliefs, but I, I suppose what I mean is, if we think of a, another satirist who I can't off the top of my head, who's, mm-hmm. a, who's a popular satirist? Well, um, Anucci or uh, um, Chris Morris. Or... Sure. So, so someone like that like their beliefs are kind of the foundation of it whereas i'm interested in the richness that you say that it gives i'm not trying to catch you out no 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 no, no. challenge you on it but i'm really fascinated that someone who certainly i've had jonathan pye videos shared with me like we've got to talk about this we've got to think this guy gets it and actually the guy getting it is a combination of different opinions not radically not right and left but isn't that every sort of comparable piece of work or piece of art that that, that, that there are 
that there are pulleys and levers and strings, you know, like, so any stand-up comedian, so I'd actually, you know, if you say, say some angry satirist, I mean, Frankie Ball gets up there and blah, 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 the fact that, you know, if you do it well, it, you can't see the, the levers and you can't see the strings, but actually the fact that, that he might care about um, uh, Brexit policy more than I do, but I'm more worried about where's the character this week or whatever, blah, 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 that then, then it's, I mean, well, that pie looks like I'm making it up as I go along, whereas actually every week it's every um and ah is 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 slowly painted on to this script every week, and, and and but when you see it, it's like some guy just fucking swearing about the fucking Tories. But you go, no, it's taken it's taken delicacy. So so just because the political passion isn't there, I think sometimes that me being able to look at it from from a little bit of distance gives it a lightness of touch sometimes and makes me go. Fuck it, let's have a look from the other side. Well, look, also, we've had a lot of conversations, uh, and sometimes it gets to the point where it will be like, well, Pi wouldn't think that. Yeah, all, I, all, like, the, time, all the time. Like, yeah. if I write a line and I think, oh, that's good, and, and then Tom might say, no, but Pi wouldn't think that, and I'm like, no, Pi wouldn't think that. And then it's, so it's not, because it's not just a mouthpiece for what we think. And we're not but entirely... Also it's, a, it's a satire, not... The character isn't all the satire. You know, it really, really annoys me. And I've done it many, many times where um, uh, Pi will make a point about women's rights or gay rights. And right at the end, I will deliberately put a, a joke in at the end which undermines everything he's just said for three minutes. Um, because it's stylistically fun, it, it, it makes you think, blah, blah, blah. And the amount of people that come back and go, well... He's a misogynist. You go, no, 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 he's a fictional character whereby I've just written a structured piece, you know. That takes... Um, it's not all about the character. The satire itself... He's a satire on the left in itself. Do you know what I mean? So he, we're bound not to agree with everything that he says, yeah. you know. I think we're broadly aligned with each other on political issues, aren't we? Yeah, yeah, I think so. I think you're a bit more stalwart about certain things. I think I'm a little bit more pragmatic about things. So, like when it comes to Brexit, I think. Yeah. Can you give us an example of something that you you would slightly differ on? Something you're more pragmatic about, like with with regard to Brexit, like specifically what are there moments when when that feeds into the conversation about what Pi would or wouldn't say? It, it's about what what pe- what people are sort of passionate about, uh, you, you know. Yeah. Um, I, I suppose. Can you tie it down to a, a, specific... a specific conversation you've had with each other? Um, can you, Tom? <laughs> <laughs> You're allowed to take um, your time and I'll cut out the pauses. Oh, really? <laughs> Let me think. I suppose Brexit is the most obvious example, or... Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm sort uh, of... Um... Andrew's taught me... Andrew's much more of a Eurosceptic than I am. I, I, I don't particularly like it. He's taught me why the EU is so awful. But I sort of think, uh, pr- pragmatically, we were probably better to stay where we were, you know, so the, on a pragmatic level. You know? Yeah, that, I mean, that's a good example. So, so I voted leave on the principle that I don't believe... I couldn't reconcile the idea of being on the left with voting for a big right-wing corporate bloc. I don't think that works. Um, so that's why, uh, but where, so that was entirely on principle. If someone had said to me, we're going to be a lot worse off as a result, that wouldn't even factor in what I'm thinking. Whereas Uh, I would be pragmatic and you go, I might agree with you on that. But actually the reality is if, if more people are going to suffer because of it, you need to sort of forget your principles. So we've had some arguments about that. Yeah. That you go, well, yeah, but on principle you can't. You go, yeah, but 
on principle you kind of have to sometimes. Got you know. So that I suppose is the best example. Oh, and also Obama. You, you. I, I was a oh, big, yeah, I was yeah. a big, um, I was a big fan of him. I think I thought I thought he genuinely was a great president. And 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 you were like you're a bit yeah. Well, no, it, yeah. I I just thought he was a bit hawkish. And I think. But, that, but I, I I I don't think he, I thought he he was. He's just the president. He's the commander in chief of the biggest army on the planet. Of course he's. So, of course he's going to have to blow some people up sometimes. We're not. Yeah. So we're not going to have a round out. That's what you're trying to get out of us. It's absolutely not. not, not absolutely not. <laughs> I do think it's fascinating that if you are a, a Leave voter and you're a Remain voter, that you're, which I think you've implied, mm-hmm. not yeah, 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 absolutely. Um, that like that to me is absolutely fascinating. That the engine driving this very rich character, yeah. who is a who is one of you know who is one of the most prominent political mouthpieces, certainly yeah. in terms of Facebook videos, yeah. which is where yeah, 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 yeah. Now, that character is driven by a writing double act. Who have who voted in opposing directions? Yes, like, but, isn't that fascinating? But, but, but that within yeah. itself okay. proves uh, uh, Remainers wrong. That Andrew is a bigot. That Andrew is stupid. That Andrew is misinformed. That Andrew is somehow a racist. That do you know what I mean? Because, because that uh, so you don't. So by virtue of that, what what we've managed to do is I think Pi is the only one that is going. I think it's shitty that we're leaving. But you, you fucking Remainers need to wind your neck in when you're accusing people of being stupid and in exactly the same way that they did with Trump. The idea that everyone voted for Trump is a misogynist or is a racist yeah. is demonstrably we, we not true. We choose you know? the outliers, don't we? We yeah. see one person yeah. in a Trump hat punch someone at a demo and we yeah, go, well, yeah. they're all like that. And also, and they see one of and also if they are... something, you know, the, the extreme edge yeah. of trans rights and they yeah. go, well, they're all like that. Yeah. It's, 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 it's this thing about the polarisation of politics. It's, it's this oversimplification because it's easy for us to understand politics if we oversimplify it if we adhere to an ideology where we're not looking at the nuance you know it's very easy to say not only all trump voters are misogynists even the female the many millions of females they're just they're just suffering from internalized misogyny then that's the that's the explanation and then we don't have to think about it and that's 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 a real problem i think particularly on the left or what the people who think they're on the left so is what's most important to you both or individually per video is it the political message or is it the jokes i i've done one this week which is um he's singing and dancing because he's about to go off for christmas and and he shouts at laura coonsberg from across the way and 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 it's one of my favorite ones we've done in in a long time it's really funny because it's funny yeah it's silly and it and it does have something to say there's there is something to say about brexit and it's like this week, it's leavers. If you think that the end of Brexit has just suddenly happened, you're wrong. Remainers. If you think you've suddenly stopped Brexit, you're wrong. But merry, merry fucking Christmas, and it's funny. And those are the ones that that I really like. And then there's there's some that I'm really proud of. That, that I did one about homelessness last year, and I, I just think I nailed it last year. And 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 I'm really proud of that. And I'm, I'm really proud I, of some of them. But I, I find the weekly ones, it's a slog now. I love, slog. The f- I love the ones which have a silliness element. Yeah. I really, really like the one where you're talking to the five-year-old boy. Love I, that. I, I love really it. love that because yeah. it's, it's, it's just a really lovely conceit. Um, but on the other hand, I'm also fond of... I, I do really like the Trump, the viral yeah. Trump one because I think it, it was... Uh, oh, and there's, interesting... one, there's one where I'm in Salford um, because Salford's oh, yeah. got a swearing ban. 
in it, and it's around Media City. There's the BBC, there's the ITV. It's supposed to be the liberal elite kind of mecca, but you're not allowed to swear on the streets. So he's just there going, bollocks! And it's so pie to be, you know. And I mean, that's another thing that, that, that I think um, pie is, is a huge... It's not just anti-Tory, it's not just anti-Trump, it's not just sort of um, a, a, a reasonable discussion about Brexit, uh, but it's freedom of speech, you know. this It's totally fucked at the minute. Yeah. And... and you know, uh, he's a big stalwart. He's a proper liberal, you know. Um, we were not, actually not... Um, breaking the law by making that video. Because oh, we were standing on Salford Keys, he's shouting tits. Whenever I'm filming, I'm always slightly on the lookout that someone's going to come over. Because they did in Salford. I remember I could yeah, see you, this guy coming. Suddenly... It wasn't that one. It was another... Yeah, sorry, yeah. it was somewhere else. But I could see this guy coming. I thought, get to the end, get to the end. I'm not going to tell Tom, but get to the end. And he then he said, can you leave, please? But, yeah. but we got it in the back. So oh, the fine. Liverpool but one. It was Liverpool. Yeah. It was Liverpool. Yeah. So there is that. So when you say, Tom, that it's a slog, what aspect of it is that it's a slog? Is it the is it getting one out every week? It's the regular. It it's the regularity the of it. It's the. Is it's, it it's, trying it's, to find the freshness each time. I um, I've decided this week that I'm not going to do one for for, for this week, which because it's Christmas Eve and I'm going to put out last year's sort of homelessness one. You kind of go, look, it's still relevant. It'll be the first week since this all started that I've that I've not done one. So that's what a hundred and. Wow, yeah. 50, 60, you know. And it just seems, like I say, it's three and a half minutes of a man swearing about Brexit. And you go, no, it's two days of work. And it's 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 constant. Um, uh, and I feel ungrateful for it. But 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 that, if, if it wasn't... But, but, but what I have to understand, until there's a, 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 the next stage of my career, whether it's pie or not, comes upon me, that Jonathan Pye doesn't really... All Jonathan Pye really is is a Facebook page which a three-and-a-half-minute thing is uploaded to that you can watch for free every week. That's all it is, you know. So, so that, ha- that is the machine. That is, that is what it is. But it is, it is tough. And particularly on tough. tour, actually, when we were on tour well, last I th- year. I think that's when Angie really came on board as, as much more of, of the whole thing being a collaboration is because we were on the road together. So we were sat in a van, so we may as well write the week lease together. And actually I was under... I mean, the other thing with that first live tour, which we're trying, we're writing the new one at the minute and we're trying to avoid it at all costs, which is pretty impossible when you're doing political satire. But we started off that show... One, it started off in a 60-seater, it ended up the Palladium, so it was just getting bigger and bigger and bigger. But we started off with David Cameron and George Osborne being the villains of the piece. Yeah. Mm. I think we did a three-minute section about the upcoming referendum. I wonder how that's going to go. Well, yeah. And Trump didn't get a mention because I think he was the nom- uh, he, he wasn't the nominee, but he'd, he'd announced his his, his uh, you know candidacy, whatever. Um, but it was like he was a fucking joke. And then Brexit happened. Then Cameron went. Then Theresa May came in. Then Trump happened. Then dum 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 dum. So I mean, the, the day Brexit happened, the morning of, I I opened my computer up and went through the. Screen and I, I put in red anything that wasn't relevant. And overnight, a third of the script just went bang. Because it was written... Middle in... of the tour. It was... I, I, the I... Start of the year, wasn't it? So, so, uh, so Awful. pre-Edinburgh, so much of it had to be yeah. redone and then, and then the tour, of course. And then uh, the, the, uh, the uh, American election happened literally in the middle. Yeah, that's right. Um, so we were, run- we were running up to it and we were doing a little bit about Trump and a little bit about Clinton, getting ready to dump the Trump stuff so that we could extend the Clinton bit. Yeah. And then overnight it was like... I mean... Well, neither of us predicted Brexit or Trump. We, no, went, we both not. assumed it wasn't going to happen. So, so, so. That, that's why that time was so stressful. This time round, we, we, it's a bit more about a universal 
theme rather than austerity or the Tories or personalities. Yes, and so as a result, you've arrived at a point, I think, which a lot of topical comics arrive at, which is if you take a news event and talk about the generalities of it rather mm-hmm. than the specifics yeah. you can still do your joke a year from now yeah, 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 <laughs> you yeah, don't yeah, need yeah, to yeah, 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 I, I get that as a stand-up if I write a, a good joke about Boris Johnson say and then he falls out of the spotlight yeah. I'm like oh please come back please do yeah, well yeah, yeah. and then yeah, he comes yeah. back and I can use it you know? yeah. Yeah. oh no Hitler's dead I'm a really good bit <laughs> yeah, about yeah, that yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> okay so I, I do want to come back to the, the, the live tour and the structuring of it which I think is, is really uh, it really works because mm-hmm. I remember sitting down to watch it thinking how are we going to take, and as I'm sure you yeah, sat down yeah, to write yeah, 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 it, yeah. how are we going to take something which is the sharp end of the internet? It's immediate. Something happens, we can talk about it the, the day, the next day. Yeah. It's short form. It's an explosive release of energy. Yeah. How do you even, how do you, as an actor, how yeah. do you go, right, I've got to lose my temper for an hour. <laughs> and as a, as a director, stroke, you know, collaborator... How do you go right? How do we've got to make these moments happen? And as soon as you said in the in the live show at the beginning, when you say, or near the beginning, when you say, "Okay, we're going to go live three times tonight," I was like, yep. "Oh, you clever bastard!" Yeah, That's yeah, how yeah, to yeah. do it. It was so a you... wonderful feeling every night because all I was ever asked when people were talking about the live show is like, "How does it work? How does it? What is it going to be? How's it going to?" Yeah. Most people thought that I was just going to repeat. Uh, do live the videos that I'd done, blah, blah, blah. And what was so lovely is I walked on stage and and we deliberately went, there's no jokes for two, three minutes because he doesn't know he's funny. There's no jokes. And I just walked out there and went, hello, it's Children in Need night. We're going to go live three times tonight. This is how tonight is going to work, blah, blah. And you felt the whole audience go, ah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They've got a plan. He knows knows (laughs) what he's doing. So that was was absolutely wonderful. And and I should say as well, when you... Because we're in this kind of Wild West thing of, like, stuff happens online. Yeah. Mm. We're not necessarily in control of it. You know, you, mm-hmm. can, you can try and do, put your metadata in in the hope yeah. that it'll yeah. get viral. You know, yeah. there's all sorts of things to it. But, but it's, it's kind of like a balloon that you're grabbing onto. Um, and when, when you look at someone like the Rubber Bandits... Who, have you seen the Rubber Bandits? I'm, I'm not, I'm afraid. Uh, two Sorry, yeah. Irish guys with uh, uh, masks made of carrier bags. Okay, okay. So you might, you might. <laughs> brilliant, brilliant, uh, sweary, really fun, really abrupt yeah. music videos. Yeah. I saw them live, and part of it is them dancing and singing and bouncing up and down in front of a big screen showing their videos, which yeah. you absolutely love because yeah. they're incredible yeah, videos, yeah, yeah, plus yeah. there's a live component. Yeah. But so no one knows what to expect yeah. when you go and see that sort of thing. Yeah. Now... There is a question, I suppose, I thought about, like, why go on tour? When you've got a thing which is all about news and immediacy and okay. short, sharp shots, is it purely I, an economic I, I, decision I cannot, where you go, yeah. I, I can sell a fuckload of tickets to this because at the moment YouTube are giving me 200 quid a year? You've answered my question, yeah. I mean, one, it's artistically satisfying. that those Those weekly bits are three and a half minutes, and they are disposable. I, I doubt even my, my biggest fan watches... They might have a few faves that they put on, but they're disposable. They're, they're, you watch them, they're gone. So uh, the live show is more rewarding because it is, it is home to within an inch of its life, and, and actually it is an acting exercise, technically, to go on stage and, and, and learn and perform an hour monologue. It's, it's hard work, but gratifying. Um, but... Yeah, I mean, um, yes, I get some money every time someone buys a ticket. And that is the only way Jonathan Pye earns me any money, you know. Um, So uh, without it, even if I really didn't want to do it, 
there is no there's no way I'd be able to continue doing the weeklies if I didn't go on tour. You know, um, th- that's the only money I make. And um, it's wonderful because, you know, if the next tour um, goes well, then, yeah, I'll, I'll have the biggest pay packet in a year that I've ever had before. And you kind of go, I can... Money has allowed me to continue doing this. Without it, I'd be back in the call centre. Without it, you know... Um, so it's financially, it's essential, but also on an artistic level, it, it's, it's, it's so much more exciting than, than a three-minute video that we're really, really proud of. I mean, the last time we were really excited about a video was that Trump one. Yeah, yeah. One making it, one writing it, which was ridiculous. She's a fucking... You know, we'd drunk so much whiskey, but also filming it. Oddly enough, we filmed that in the Right Stuff studio because well, yeah. I had, had, had a meeting with these guys and you know they, they said, whenever you need a favour, and about a week later, it's like, well, we've written something really drunk. Can we come in and use an autocue, you know? Um, that's why it looks so good. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. a proper professional studio camera yeah, where yeah. the others is, is not. Me with a little fucking, <laughs> you know. Um, I can't remember what I was talking well, about. Well, what about, the, what about the future <laughs> of it in terms of um, looking at that, at that kind of economic foundation? What about trying to make a permanent living out of it? You know, what other kind of structures could you see well, existing within? Or, or are you happy to go... That I've made a name for myself. Now I'm going to try a different character. It, a, I, I wouldn't try another character. I mean, that, that, it, when, when Jonathan Pye goes, um, I'm not going to be. A, uh, I'm not going to attempt to be a viral hit again. I'm not going to attempt to. What's my new comedy character? That's not. The, that's <laughs> He's not a chef. The, yeah, 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 yeah. He's an angry chef. Yeah. Yes. He's an angry postman. Um, I want to be an actor. I want you know. I want someone to hand me a script and go learn it. Off you go. You know, um, where, where I really want to see Pi is on the television. I want, I want to know where he works. I want to know what his colleagues are. I want to know what his home likes, life uh, like. But, um, but before I can do that, I need a television company to uh, trust me and take, take me seriously. And, and, and that is not, doesn't appear to me on the cards anytime soon. What sort of things are you pitching? Uh, sitcom, but also short form. Um, they, they they love it, but I've yet to have anyone sign on the dotted because line. Because I yet. guess the the my guess would be as a potential producer, as a hypothetical producer, mm-hmm. I'd be thinking, well, it works in uh, in three minute bursts online. Mm-hmm. So I suppose the that's why the they need to come and show, see the live they come show. Come and see the live show, and then they go. Oh, again, he works for an hour. Life it can happen. You know, when because it, it completely yeah, not that there are really any parallels at all between. Pie and Partridge, but you can imagine expanding the character, filling the inner life of the. Oh, character. I mean, I, I think they are comparable. I mean, I mean, um, not not in terms of genius or greatness. <laughs> don't get me wrong, but I mean, I mean, Partridge is a big part of my life and, and has been for many years. You know, I talk like him. Some, oh, um, uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, the, the more we've seen of Partridge, the richer he's become. He, he, he has aged so well, and, and, and the Partridge that is on now is better than it's ever been before, and I've loved it since moment one. So so I would like to enrich his life. That, I mean, Pi is... He's, uh, he's complex, he is funny, he's got a wit to him, he's actually got a real heart, he's got a real heart, and he's desperate, and he... 
he loves his son and he still loves his wife. I know all this. You don't know all this, but I know it. And he still loves his, his estranged wife. And, 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 and that's what drives him. He's not pissed off with Theresa May. He's pissed off with his life. Like we all are when we're ranting about Brexit and Tories and Trump. It's, it's, it's about what, what is... If he was content with his career and his job, and um, he... You know, but he's not. And there's so many intimations about his family life and his and his and uh, you know even even his frustration with his career. All of this stuff feeds through. But also, why why there is a big world out there? Why I really want him to have other characters from a political point of view is that when it's a monologue, there are things he can't say because if he says them, he's said them. Whereas if he's with someone else, they can say it. And he can point out why they're wrong. So we so it's much easier to talk about this issue of offence. That you know, um, offences take not given. Just because you're offended doesn't mean you're right. You know, you know. I mean, that's what we really want to write about. This this idea of this 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 very censorious sort of um, remember, puritanical age that we're sort of in. I remember one of your videos was you were interviewing like a, a young conservative. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, like, is there room for modifying the weeklies to include interviews of other characters such that you could start to broaden it out like that, so that you can edge closer to proving to a TV producer he can play with others. Again, um, yeah, but but I don't make any money on the weeklies and I don't have a huge amount of money and the reason I can afford to do them every week is because I can stick a camera there and stick a mic on and do it. Um, the minute other people become involved, it, it needs more people. It needs support. If I'm working with another actor... I need, then you need you someone need else them. there. You need to pay them. You need to, and, and I, I really want this opportunity to do it. But also I think I don't deserve to be on the television. Um, Jonathan White doesn't deserve to be on television. But I think he'd be good on television. And I think he's more balanced than, than um, he's not balanced, but I think the satire is more balanced than, than TV producers give him credit for. Um, I, I, I do. I, I can't help. It sounds so sort of um, like I'm bigging myself up. I, d- I don't believe that the world has ever owed me a living, or and I don't believe any TV company owes Jonathan Pye to put him on. Um, but I just wish they would. You know, I wish they'd give give us a punt. You know, um, we got really close to getting some real, real short form, three, four minute things on on TV really recently uh, and, and we were that close and, and it just takes one person to kind of go, not sure about that. And, and I get it. He, you know, broadcast is, is risk averse. I recently did something with, with the radio as well and it, it was a miserable, miserable experience. I, miserable. I, I you know. think two and a half years into what is, whether you like it or not, your comedy career. Yeah. Yeah. there'll be a lot of writers going, I fucking plugged away for 15 years before I but, got but a I, But I've been plugging away for 15 years as an artist, as a performer. I've learned a huge amount. I've worked with a lot of people. Um, uh, yes. Uh, no, I don't buy it. Sorry, no, I don't buy it. I, I've, I've worked my fucking arse off. And... and, and and I and I believe I'm good at good at what I believe and, we're good at what we do. And I've been know? doing this for a, I've been plugging away for a long time, time in the comedy if scene. If it was know, shit, it's... if it was shit, the only reason not to put it on the TV is if it's shit. For, fuck, um, you know there are comedians out there that have. That, well, we we I went <laughs> I did a I did a, a comedy night recently, and there was a, a a guy that was on before me. Um. And right at the end, he said, I've been a stand-up for 15 years, blah, 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 blah. And I just thought, well, why are you so fucking shit? Because if you've done it for 15 years, 
I've been doing it for a year and and I've it's been a fucking learning curve. Trust me, it's been a learning curve. But I care so much about it. I care so much about the work. How dare you walk on for 10 minutes? Tell me you've been doing this for 15 years. You haven't made me laugh once. It's 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 bad work. So, um, wow, got we're my not, high horse there. We're not naming names here. No, 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 no. <laughs> <laughs> I said Andrew getting the red pen out. Can't remember his her name. There you go. I can, but I'm but, not but do you know it. what I mean? No, I, 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 I do. I do, like I said, I don't believe I deserve it all of a sudden, but I've, I've, I believe I've paid, paid my dues. But you do know, you know. believe, just to state, <laughs> I, I absolutely get where you're coming from. What I mean is that because the character is only a couple of years old, then th- sure, you, yeah, might, but, yeah. you might realistically assume that there is more convincing of the people who matter down the line than just two years worth. Sure, two years worth. Like, um, it's not about you and your own, like, you, course, you've been course, digging course, holes course. for ten years, do you know what I mean? Yeah, it's, yeah, it's yeah, to yeah, do yeah. with every writer who finally gets something away on TV might have been trying to get that thing away for 12 years, say. Yeah, well... Yeah, I, I, I've lost patience. So I mean, you know, I'm going to finish. No, no, no. I'm going to finish the next tour, and I'm going to see where we're at. That's why it's really important that, that the next tour goes really well, because that you can prove that he works for an hour or so. But you know, I, I don't want to be doing this uh, for, for for the rest of my life. I know the minute I give it up, about two months later, I'll go. Oh, no one's recognising me on the street anymore. Well, you know, judging whatever. by your previous experience, the minute you let go of it and give it up, and yeah, yeah, the yeah. last Morissette kind of way. maybe, maybe, um, you know. <laughs> But but uh, I just I, I I feel that I have um, I haven't exhausted. I still like doing the weekly ones and everything. But 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 I really really would like to see how he can work outside of that, outside of social media, and to do that, um, somewhat someone someone somewhere needs to go. Yeah, all right, I'll take a pump. Take a pump, that, and that's what I'm looking for. And, and my point being, you know, I'm not getting on, on my high horse too much. My point being is, is that my ex, my my very few experiences with commissioners for TV and for radio, especially, uh, it doesn't matter whether you're any good or not. It's whether you tick the box. It's, it's whether you tick that box. If the idea is is that it, as, as you suggested that the comedians are going, hang on a minute, you've only been around for this character's only been around for two and a half years. Um, what, what? Why? Why should you that's get it. on telly? Well, but that's absolutely fine. But it's just like uh, my brain might run out of time if if he doesn't get on telly soon, you know. Sure. And and and, and it, being a character comedian or being an internet star or whatever it is. Or even a political satirist is it, is it, not the the ultimate aim, you know. Yes. So um, well, let's 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 wrap up then by talking about that because what I wanted to to focus on there was that you said I want to talk about you and your relationship to the comedy world. This is the comedians comedian podcast. Yeah. A lot of comedy people listen to it, and I don't think that relationship. It strikes me when you said at the very beginning that um, that other comedians looking at looking askance at you in Edinburgh. That struck me as really strange, and I, I can't imagine that happening. You said there's lots of kind of vitriol aimed at you, and I wonder where that comes from, and I wonder to what extent that is concrete definitely happening, and to what extent it might be a feeling on your part that you're assuming it because you you feel that you're not part of the inverted commas world. Well, I don't want to be part of the world, or I don't have an ambition for the world. First of all, I think there are two different sets of comedians. The, the, the slightly older generation, the people who are my age and above comedians, love it, get it, 
understand it, they think it's smart, and they don't mind being challenged. The people younger than me, um, they are fairly open with their disdain if he says something they disagree with. If, for example, uh, Pi were to come out and say something controversial about, I don't know, quotas, and then suddenly people come out and, and have a pop at him just because he's saying something that isn't the norm. Um, and therefore they think... The, the satire's gone. I, I do think the younger generation have no idea what satire is. I don't think they get it. They don't get that it's, uh, it's uh, here's a mug, I'm looking at it straight on. Well, let's look at it from down here and see what we can explore from it. Um, so they think everything Pi says is to be taken as read. They think, every, they, which means as comedians, um, where's that, where's that uh, acknowledgement of irony or hyperbole? Well, or, I, wa- or, you know. I wonder about that because... I certainly I haven't been attacked on that basis, so I can't speak to it from from your perspective. But it does seem to me that when someone sees Pi say something, they might not think to themselves, "Oh, that you know." They might not be taking it on face value. They mm-hmm. might be making a set of assumptions about what the creator or creators of Pi see in the world. Do you mm-hmm. know what I mean? It's like if you if Pi comes out and says if a satirist says something that isn't necessarily fact. Yeah, I I think. Do you not have to give the audience some kind of uh, license to appreciate that actually what they might be complaining about isn't something that they just take and blankly at face value? They might be going, well, actually, what's the intention of the the people behind that? Well, and that it, might be the they, problem. They're more than welcome to pontificate about that, but they 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 invariably get the intention wrong when they slag it off. Isn't that... They, they, you literally read a lot of what... I mean, it is comedians on Facebook and whatever, literally going, this guy's shit, he's, he's a bigot, he's this, that and the other. And you read it and you go, well, you're stupid, and you, you're stupid. Isn't, isn't the ambiguity of the intention quite an interesting thing artistically? Yeah, absolutely. I well, that, I, I, I agree with you. I think the ambiguity of the intention is quite interesting artistically. It's a very different take on it to these people who slag it off as stupid. Do you see what I mean? Like but the they space, are. The but the, but, but those... they are stupid. I mean, you know, they, 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 <laughs> but, but they are. You know, I'm sorry. I'm not going to write and I'm not going to perform and I'm not going to spend my career bow, kowtowing to some Guardian munching twat who thinks they have all the answers. Whereas, whereas every time they write a comment, they, they are demonstrably, they're demonstrating their, their unwillingness, their blind unwillingness to listen to anyone else's argument. And, and from my, my very small experience of the comedy world, it is packed to the rafters with these people that, that, that think, I just that think they know better, and 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 that they think they've got all the answers, and and the idea of being challenged about anything, the idea of being challenged about anything that is the prescribed liberal view, is sudden is suddenly abhorrent. Uh, that suddenly there are jaws on the floor because he said something that, um, you know, you look at Mock the Week ten years ago, rape jokes are plenty, okay, and uh, we've evolved. And society has progressed beyond that point. But to deny that it was acceptable ten years ago, it's demonstrably the case. But but we've moved on, we've progressed. But now you've got people that 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 will look back and go that that sort of this sort of revisionist sort of illiberal. Can you, can you view, point? You know? Can you point to a specific thing that you have been picked up on that has particularly frustrated you that we that we can look at and. Because it seems to me like rape jokes on what the week ten years ago, people denying that that happened. I, I don't know. Do, do people deny that, that happened? I don't know if that's a, uh, that's a They're thing not denying it, but 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 uh, you know, it, things have progressed pretty 
pretty quickly, you know, in, in, in that respect. Um, Maybe the uh, Trump video is a good example, the, because after that, there was a lot of vitriol from comics on my Facebook feed uh, talking about that. And, and, it, and it was that thing about um, this is unhelpful, um, you're, you're blaming the wrong people, uh, you know, um, actually all Trump voters are uh, misogynist, racist bastards. That, that, that seemed to be the line that was generally, generally taken. Um, but it was this idea of this offence from the comedy world, that they were offended by someone writing some jokes from an angle that they didn't agree with. It was the offence that I found so extraordinary. And in, in exactly the same way as, as after the Brexit, I was, I was amazed at the result of the Brexit vote. But what I was amazed by more are these people that voted differently to the result who aren't for months still doing it. Racists, thick. I live in a racist country. I live. I mean, those those to me are the worst types of people, and I have encountered many of them in the comedy world. You know? I would say that there is a a limited tolerance for diversity of opinion on the comedy scene. I think that's a fair, and and it's something that people deny, and I don't understand why they're denying it. It's 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 true. It it, it will it will it will. I mean, I, I tell you, look, I um. I did a gig last week where um, the audience asked, the, the audience were asked, uh, anyone vote Tory? If you ever get that question, anyone vote, vote Tory, you will get no response at, at any comedy club, ever. Anybody vote leave in the referendum? You'll never get anyone. And it's not necessarily that those people uh, didn't or are not there, but they know they can't admit it without being ridiculed. That's an interesting thing to me. I did a, I did a gig at the Backyard Club, uh, which was deliberately advertised as a non-partisan gig. You know, let's let's have a variety of opinions and in fact the the acts were programmed to reflect that and we did have a pretty good balance of leave voters and remain voters tories labor etc it was a really good balance and it was a really interesting night as a result but i don't think we get that generally surely you must agree i mean that, that you... I, absolutely i totally agree with that i think that there is an extremely limited scope of opinion and there is genuine i have definitely observed a sense of when people uh disagree with that then then often it is it's problematic absolutely i think oh you know it isn't really problematic what it is is people have their feathers ruffled yeah exactly. in a way that i remember comedy when comedy was a diverse group of alternative people and now i feel like elements of it are homogenized I, my own theory on that i suppose is that um uh, is that now the speed of the discourse has increased the pace of the discourse online now whereby someone can use a word that wasn't offensive a year ago and the, the delight with which people go, oh, no, that word's offensive now, where they themselves used it yeah. six months ago. I certain, certainly see that happening and I'm sure that is reflected in comedy. But it's the death of comedy then. I mean, that is the death of comedy. The death of comedy is, is when it becomes about the politics of it, the identity politics of it, or the, or the or this is fashionable, you can't say that. The, the, it, it's just so bizarre to me. It's the end of comedy when people are policing themselves, when, 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 com when comedians themselves cannot understand that, that as, as Gervais always says, that the target of the joke isn't what, you know... The, it's about what the target of the joke is. So um, rather than, do, do you know what I mean? Yeah. And the context of a joke and, and, and irony and, and, and it's being 
so you, so this window, like you say, is getting smaller and smaller and smaller. It's the death of it. And it's not people you know. saying you necessarily, it's not audiences saying we're going to censor you. It's, it's people self-censoring because they know that in order to be successful, you have to have a particular or, or present a particular viewpoint. I think that's a, a fairer way of looking at it, that that's why artistically it's damaging. You mean in the same way that in an it, audience full of people, some of whom voted leave, yeah. they will never admit it. In a group of comedians, some of whom think other than the prevailing line on social justice, they won't admit it. Well, either. why would you when you're just going to be called a bigot? You know, why would you put yourself through that? Why would you bother? The, the problem is, is people are self-censoring themselves, not because of their political beliefs, because they're fucking scared that their career's going to end tomorrow. It's the death of comedy. It's the death of art. It's fucking scary. It's really, really scary. Um, so the problem is I play a character who's meant to be a bit controversial and meant to say a few things out there, but more and more I'm writing going, if this is willfully misinterpreted by some fucking loony liberal who really doesn't like me, they can fucking ruin me tomorrow. It's scary. It's really, really scary. And it's, it's illiberal and it's Orwellian and, and it's all meant from a good place because we all read the Guardian and we're told that it's all good. And it's not. It's it's absolutely horrific. So that was Tom and Andrew. Thank you very much to them for coming onto the show. Uh, I am going to tell you a little bit more about some of the background of this episode in just a second. But before I do that, officially concluding the podcast, uh, you can look forward to some excellent episodes with Julio Torres, Arabella Weir, Ola the Comedian and Anne Edmonds. K. Trevor Wilson and Colin Holt all coming soon as soon as I variously gather the bits and bobs together and release them. So that's all for now. Thank you for listening. I'll speak to you next week, unless you'd like to hang around for a moment now. Okay, well, this was, as Armando Yanucci would have it, a can of furry worms. Uh, basically, I re-recorded, I've taken the unprecedented step of re-recording these blurbs, I call them, don't know what you call them, the bits where I talk directly to you, um, because the initial blurbs for this show, uh, as released a few days ago, were quite confusing to some people, and I have to accept the blame for that. All of these shows are edited to some extent on this particular occasion, Tom, Andrew and I got talking about a fairly complex issue to do with comedy and then ran out of time for the podcast. So we took the joint decision to not talk about it. So I've cut all that stuff out. And then when sometime later I came to uh, record the blurbs, um, I realised that uh, I realised too late that I was doing a blurb about a version of the show, which wasn't, in fact, the version of the show that was going out. So thanks to those of you who got in touch to tell me that it was confusing. It was. I hold my hands up to that. I, I appreciate your very polite feedback. And uh, thank you for getting in touch. Many apologies that uh, I was sloppy in my editing. And I now present this new edition of the episode in a slightly cleaner and clearer form. So you can go to jonathanpie.com or follow Tom at Jonathan Pie News in order to find out the tour dates and where those guys are going to be in 2018. I look forward to speaking to you next week. Bye for now. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. 
I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.